This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you who are watching today. Some of you may be watching for the first time today, and we want to welcome you to our telecast. We have those who watch every time we come on there. We'd like to thank you for continuing to be a viewer of Getting to Know Your Bible. Now today on our telecast, we have a subject we want to talk about. Uh, I tried to think of a different way to entitle a lesson, but I just came back to the same word, prejudice. Prejudice. We want to talk about that today, and we hope that you'll stay tuned. Now, today on our telecast, we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course, and I'd like to emphasize this course is free. It's not going to cost you any money. The only thing that it will cost you is a little bit of your time, enough time to pick up the telephone and call and request it. All we need is your name and address and your telephone number, and the only reason we might need your telephone number is in case the after it's mailed to you that it comes back, we could call you and get your correct address in case there's some problem there. We'd like to send it to you. And in order that you might know more about the free course, in order that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box, 314 Summerdale, Alabama 36580 or call toll free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 21. 1 Timothy 5:21. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that you observe these things without prejudice, doing nothing with partiality. Prejudice is defined as a preconceived judgment or opinion. It's really judging without the facts. Uh, there was a judge who pounded the gavel in his court. He said, order in the court. I've got to have order in the court. I I've had to condemn the last five men without hearing a, a shred of evidence. Well, prejudice is when we pass judgment without hearing the evidence. You see, prejudice is, is closed-mindedness. And that's about the most difficult thing to open is a person with a closed mind. One preacher said, Oh Lord, may, may we always be right, for you know that we will never change our mind. And that's the way some people are. They will never change their mind. And most are what they are religiously, not, not because of investigation, but because they have some preconceived 
judgment or idea. Now, there's prejudice in so many areas of our life. There's political prejudice. Someone says, well, why, why are you what you are politically? He says, because my, of my father. My father was a Democrat, and so I'm a Democrat. Uh, my grandfather was a Republican. And Papa, as we called him, worked at the post office. He carried the mail. He was a rural mail carrier. And, and Papa was a staunch Republican, but he had a striking resemblance to Harry Truman, especially when he had his hat on, his glasses on, about the same size. He was just a striking resemblance between he and Harry Truman. And, and the fellows at the post office knew how to get Papa going. They'd call him Little Harry. Well, it, it just got him going because he was prejudiced. He had that political prejudice. Many people go to the polls without thinking about doing the thing that's right because they've had their minds poisoned by propaganda. But not only is there political prejudice, there's social prejudice. We sometimes talk about somebody being from the wrong side of the tracks. Well, now that's a very prejudiced statement to make. And so there are all kinds of prejudice. Let me give you some examples. In the Bible, there's an example of Absalom. In 2 Samuel, the 13th chapter, we're told that he stole the hearts of the people. And what he did was poison the minds against his father David. He prejudiced their minds. And so people can have their minds poisoned and, and they become a prejudiced people. Sometimes we have prejudice toward new ideas. Someone has said that a man that is set in his ways does not hatch new ideas because he is prejudiced toward new ideas. He just likes it the way that it used to be. I heard about a woman who was cooking her ham. Her husband noticed that she had cut off the corner of the ham. And he said to her, why, honey, did you cut off the corner of your ham before you put it in this pot? Uh, she said, I don't know. My mother always did it that way. And so he decided to find out from his mother-in-law why she cut off the corner of the ham before she would cook it. She said, yes, I always do cut off the corner of my ham, and I do it that way because my mother did it that way. So Grandma was still alive. So the man calls Grandma and said, Grandma, it's just something that's just a matter of curiosity with me. But, but, but my wife cuts off the corner of her ham because her mother did. And her mother cuts off the corner of the ham because you did. Grandma, could you tell me why you cut off the corner of the ham before you'd cook it? She said, honey, it's because my pot was too small. You see, that's the way people get prejudiced and in a rut, but with different things in life. And so sometimes we have prejudice toward new ideas. When we pass the communion today in the Somerdale Church, we have individual cups. But years ago, there were those that were prejudiced toward using individual cups. There were some churches many, many years ago just have one cup. And can you imagine just being in a service where they just use one cup 
and everybody's drinking out of that one cup, and here's a person, maybe they chew tobacco, and, and they drink out of that one cup. That's the advantage a preacher would have by sitting on the front seat, wouldn't it? But they were prejudiced toward using individual cups. There was a time when, to take up a collection, people would file up to the front, and they would lay their money on the table up at the front. But then they began to use collection plates. But there were those at first that were prejudiced toward the use of collection plates. Why? We've just never done it that way before. And on and on we could go. We need this attitude toward new ideas. When a thing will expedite the Lord's work, and when it can be practiced within the confines of Bible authority, you just count me in. But sometimes we're prejudiced toward other people. You remember the question that was asked, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? That was a prejudiced idea, a prejudiced statement. That, that'd be like someone saying today, can any good thing come out of South Alabama? Can any good thing come out of Somerdale, Alabama? That'd be a prejudiced statement. The Pharisee was prejudiced against the publican. When he was praying in Luke the 18th chapter, Jesus, uh, uh, this man was praying and the, and the Lord said that this man said, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like other men and I'm not like this publican. That's prejudice. We need to avoid prejudging people because of their race, because of their physical appearance, because of their ability or their lack of it, because of their money or because of their lack of money, because of the house in which they live, the job they may have, the clothing they wear, or even the car that they may drive. We, we need to avoid doing that, being prejudiced toward people. There was a man a number of years ago that would make the circuit in Churches of Christ speaking at youth gatherings. And he had worked as an undercover policeman for a number of years. He rode a motorcycle. He rode in a motorcycle gang as an undercover policeman. When he would show up to speak at a, a service to young people, he would come with all of that uh, garb that he would have on when he would ride that motorcycle. And the story goes, and I think he's the one that told it, he showed up at one place and he had on all of that leather on and one of the men met him at the front door and said, you're probably looking for a church down the street. He said, do you know who I am? He said, no, I don't believe I do. He said, I'm your speaker today. Well, I'm sure the man was a little bit embarrassed. You see, sometimes we judge people by the way they look. I remember a man coming to my office one day, and he said he needed some help. He said, I was in prison. And he said, I obeyed the gospel in prison. He said, when I got out of prison, I have uh, talked to young people, thousands of young people, hundreds of thousands of young people. I've helped young people, trying to lead them to Christ. And, and he said, but now I'm a little down on my luck and I need some help. And he told me where he was working. And that was a legitimate place. I knew where it was. And I thought to myself, yes, I, I, that, that story sounds so good. You've led hundreds, maybe even thousands of young people to the Lord. And I thought, well, I just don't know about this. 
And I was judging it by the way that I think he looked that day. And we did help him some, maybe not to the same amount that he had wanted, but we did help him. But sometime later, I was preaching in a gospel meeting in a city some far, a couple, maybe a couple of hundred miles away from where I lived. And before the service one night, I was walking around in the foyer of the church building, and they had some little gospel book leaflets or tracts there on the wall, and I, I started looking at them, and there was one that was entitled, I was in prison. And I picked it up, and I opened it up. And there was the picture of the author of that little tract. It's the same man who came to my office that day. You see, I was prejudiced. We, we should avoid being prejudiced toward other people. There, there are some things that would help us overcome prejudice toward people. To realize that when Jesus died, Jesus died for all men. 1 Timothy 2 verse 6. We need to realize that Christianity is worldwide in its scope. Matthew 28, 19. We're to teach all nations. We're further to realize that there are no distinctions in Jesus Christ, Galatians 3 and verse 28. And we also need to realize that God is not a respecter of persons. Acts 10, 34 and 35. And if we could only realize that God is looking at the heart. In 1 Samuel 16 and 7, we're reminded that man looks at the outward appearance, but, but you see, God looks at the heart. These are things that will help us overcome prejudice toward people. And we are not to show prejudice or partiality toward anyone. And so, prejudice is a terrible thing. Prejudice is perhaps the greatest enemy of truth. Gallio was tried for heresy. He was called before the Inquisition because he affirmed the revolution of the earth. And he told the judges, here's my telescope. You, you just look through it and you'll see the moons of Jupiter. But you see, they just refused to look. They were prejudiced. The Jews in Antioch of Pisidia were prejudiced toward the truth. The Apostle Paul was preaching to them over in Acts, the 13th chapter. And in verses 44, beginning, I want you to listen to what the Bible says. On the next Sabbath day, almost the whole city came together to hear the Word of God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? The whole, almost the whole city came together to hear the Word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, the Jews saw the whole city, almost the whole city come together, they were filled with envy. Envy. And contradicting and blaspheming they opposed the things spoken by Paul. They were just prejudiced toward the truth. Now, verse 46. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary 
that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. Why did he have to turn to the Gentiles? These people were so prejudiced, they didn't want the truth. Prejudice was one of the sins that led to the death of our Lord. Prejudice. They were prejudiced toward Jesus because of His profound influence. They were prejudiced toward Jesus because of the claims that He made. They were prejudiced toward Jesus because of the lessons that He taught. Jesus Christ was crucified because of people's preconceived judgments and ideas. I want you to take your Bible and turn to the 13th chapter of Matthew. In the 13th chapter of Matthew, we read about the Pharisees and their prejudice. Uh, go back to verse 10 in Matthew chapter 13, and let's begin the reading. The disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them has not been given. For, for whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them is the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. Now listen to verse 15. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. These people were prejudiced. They closed their eyes, they closed their ears, and their heart was hardened to the truth. Sometimes you can preach something and or discuss the Bible with an individual and show them a particular passage of Scripture. And, and I've had people say something like this. Well, I, I know that's what it says, but here's the way I see it. Well, you see, they've got their eyes closed. It's not a matter of the way you see it. It's a matter of what does it say. Uh, or you could preach on some particular theme and Somebody will say, well, I just can't see it that way. And maybe all you've done is just read a passage of Scripture. Maybe you've read a Scripture like Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And here's a person says, well, I just can't see it that way. See it what way? Well, I can't just see it that way. Or maybe you read Matthew 16 and 16 where Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Somebody says, I just don't see it that way. That's just your interpretation. 
Or maybe you read Mark 16 and 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Somebody says, I just can't see it that way. That's, that's just your interpretation. When really all you've done is just read the verse. Or maybe you read Colossians 2.12, Buried with him in baptism, where it also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. And somebody says, well, I, I just don't see it that way. I just don't see baptism being a burial in water. I, I think maybe pouring or sprinkling is just as good. I just don't see it that way. When all you've done is just read the verse. I learned a long time ago that most people see what they want to see and understand what we don't want to understand. That's the way it is with all of us, isn't it? If we were truthful. Now, have you ever wondered why people can't see certain things? Well, why is it they can't see a simple passage like in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth? Somebody says that's so simple, that's so plain. Why in the world can't somebody understand, Brother Lambert? Well, we see what we want to see and we understand what we want to understand. You see, God never intended for people to see the truth if they got their eyes closed, their spiritual eyes closed. And they're not going to be able to understand the truth if they've got their fingers stuck in their spiritual ears. We've got to have an open mind. Someone has said that man's mind is like a parachute. It functions properly when it's open. And some people have a closed mind. They're not willing to investigate. And sometimes we see what we want to see. We understand what we want to understand regardless of what the facts may be. For example, in chapter 20 of the book of Acts in verse 7, the Bible says, Upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow. That, that verse is just it's, it's so simple, so plain, so easily understood. Paul waited until the Lord's day, the first day of the week, to be with the disciples, in order that they might worship and they might partake of the Lord's Supper. But somebody said, Brother Lambert, I just don't see it that way. That's just your interpretation. I know that's what it says, but I see it some other way. Well, why, why do we see it another way? Do, do we see it another way? Because, first of all, we already had our idea of what it meant before we ever looked at the facts. Don't, don't be like the hanging judge who said, I've had to condemn people without hearing a shred of evidence. We need to look at the evidence. We need to be open-minded enough that we will look at Bible truth. We ought to be searching the Scriptures. Acts 17, 11 says, these were more noble than those of Thessalonica in that they received the word with readiness of mind. And they searched the scriptures. You see, the remedy to prejudice is truth. Searching for truth. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Act, uh, 2 Timothy 2.15 In Acts the 8th chapter, we, we read about the man from Ethiopia. And Philip preaches to this man. When Philip comes to the chariot side of this man, he observes his reading from the Old Testament, from Isaiah chapter 53. And Philip asks him the question, do you understand what you're reading? 
How would you respond if you were, say, sitting on a park bench and you were reading your Bible and, and someone walks up to you and they just say bluntly, do you think you understand what you're reading? Many of us would be offended. But here was a man whose heart was open to the truth. He said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he invited Philip to sit in the chariot with him so he could explain the scripture that he was reading from the Old Testament. Friend, don't let prejudice keep you from obeying the truth. Oh, no. Let's have an open mind. And life is just too short to be prejudiced. I would encourage you to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just so simple. It's so plain. You tell me what's hard about he that believeth, number one, and is baptized, number two, shall be saved, number three. Somebody said, but Brother Lambert, that's not what I think about it. No, Jesus said, he that believeth, he is baptized, shall be saved. It's not a matter of the way I see it. It's not a matter of what I feel. It's not a matter of what I think. It's not my opinion. I just need to be open-minded enough just to take Jesus at His Word. Don't you agree with that? That we just need to take Jesus at His Word. And we need to begin to look at the Bible not with a biased look but with an open mind. Now in the closing moments, I want to give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And you'll find people who believe this book. They're not going to be perfect people, but they're people that are walking in the light, and when the, we walk in the light as God's people, even though sometimes we stumble along the way, we have His blood forgiven us of our sins constantly, continually, 1 John 1, 7. And I want to urge you to visit with them. And you're going to find people who love the Lord and love the Bible and want to go to heaven one day. And they'll love you. And also right now, before we close, please let me urge you to pick up the telephone without hesitancy and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Please do that right now. Be the single greatest thing you've ever done for yourself. To learn more about the Bible, study it with an open mind. Study it without somebody trying to tell you what you're supposed to think and supposed to believe. You just let God speak to you through His Word. And I want to encourage you to call right now for it. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, 
Write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.